Hello and welcome to episode 26 and a half of the And The Kick Is Good podcast. That's right, we've got an emergency podcast. And I guess I'll just talk over the, the remaining classes. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot, we, to, a lot to get to. to. To to peel back the curtain, we recorded what will be episode 27 last night, but you'll hear this before you'll hear that, um, because now we actually have a, a, um, a verified, actual, solidified NFL salary cap number for 2021, Brad. Yes, Tom spent about... Th- three days saying that the salary cap number will come out any time now um, and spent many nights sweating feverishly worrying about will the salary cap come out while I am asleep the answer is no um, but it did come out while he was in the middle of you know his day uh, which was I'm sure very strenuous and stressful so yes it's going to be a hundred and eighty two and a half million dollars which is down eight percent year on year, um, which down previous you know previous it was uh, one hundred and ninety eight point two, and it's actually lower than it was in a, in twenty nineteen, which was one hundred and eighty eight point two million. Tom, you we know the floor was always going to be one hundred and eighty. You'd kind of been, I guess, in this case, hopeful of one hundred and eighty five, but one hundred and eighty two point uh, five. What does that what does that mean? What are the implications here? Well, the the implications generally are that teams are going to have to cut a lot of players. Obviously, recently we've been doing our um, our post season post mortems on teams. Now I've been looking at rosters with one hundred and eighty five million dollars in mind. The moves that I have made or the moves that I've suggested in those scenarios, you obviously don't need to do much more to clear two and a half million dollars, but it will be more difficult for, for some teams than it is for others. Cough the <laughs> Saints. Cough the Saints. Saints. Yes, exactly. I think you um, had the Saints coming in at just 300,000 yes. under and yeah. they still need to sign a rookie class. Yeah, yeah, that was, but but I did say at the time that there were a bunch of moves that I could have made that I chose not to because getting them under the salary cap full stop was, was enough work <laughs> you know that there were you can trim the fat to clear what once once you cleared the 50 or 60 million dollars you needed to to get under the cap the extra six or seven million dollars they'll need to sign their their, their um rookie class is is easy from there <laughs> um, yes but the potentially it might mean one bigger cut than than we expected right one one additional Perhaps, or or an extra restructure, or or um, or something along those lines. Yeah, for for, for quite a few teams, um, it, it probably does mean that. Um, I just want to take this moment to have a bit of a rant. About, okay, go ahead. About how short sighted this this decision is, because setting the cap at one hundred and eighty two and a half million is a decision. It isn't based around it's not a mathematical equation that says well we had this much income from games and this much income from merchandising and and this much income from sponsorship and therefore we stick it into a calculator and it spits out 182 and a half million dollars all of those numbers have a massive impact on what the salary cap is going to be i i do not disagree with that one jot but at the end of the day the nfl gets to create whatever cap number they want to um, if if they wanted to set the cap at two hundred and fifty million dollars this year, they could have. It would have been really unrealistic and would have caused a, a kind of crazy um, 
disjointed level in terms of a playing field because the floor, the salary cap floor would have to go up, and so you'd have owners having to shell out like a hundred million to get above the floor because if you don't know there's a salary cap floor and a salary cap ceiling to kind of keep things semi-competitive um but it there's there's a small kind of there's not a small at all there's there's a middle class of the nfl that are going to lose a ton of money and a ton of jobs over this and there are a lot of guys that are never going to get back into the nfl these kind of you know, 50, 50, 51, 52, 53rd roster spot guys who are on slightly more than they're probably worth, right? I'm thinking... Special teams, specialists and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, like guys that are like $2.5 million on, on, on the cap with only a million dollars guaranteed, right? Normally, those guys would probably stay because they're known quantities, the the head coach the coaches and and the GMs know what they're getting in that player they're settled in the area they're they're like beloved in the locker room or whatever you know you don't have to shell out more money in terms of a signing bonus for them because they're already on the squad it's just their base salary or perhaps a roster bonus etc but they stay because it's easier to keep them in house unless you really need to get rid of them whereas now you you have to that's the guy that we're talking about now that it's two and a half million dollars less that's the guy that loses his job and and are they going to get signed like signed back next year after a whole season out of the game um when when the cap goes up 20 30 million dollars no they're going to be a forgotten name and some seventh round rookie's going to take their spot and i i know this comes across as very strange because i'm fighting on on behalf of a guy that's probably earned like seven or eight million dollars which is more than I'm probably ever going to have <laughs> in my entire life. But th- that's like the middle section of the NFL. If you look at these rosters, as I've been doing for the past four weeks, six weeks, ten years, um, you'll notice that you've got your top three or four guys on $15, 20000000 million. Then you've got a bunch of guys on kind of $6 million, $4 million, And then the rest of the roster is on like $2.5 million and then rookie contracts, which are usually below like $1.5 because of the rookie pay scale. And I, I was asking myself over and over and over again, who does this benefit? Who does lowering the cap benefit? Because it doesn't, it doesn't help any of the players. It actively costs those when I was talking about their jobs, but it doesn't help any players. It doesn't help any agents. It doesn't help us because the quality is of the of the actual game is going to be worse because there are going to be guys that are better than guys on rosters that people just couldn't afford to keep or they wouldn't play for the amount of money that, that they're being offered. And then it fucking hit me. It's the owner's. The owners have to shell <laughs> yeah, out gonna, less cash. I was going to say, you're missing the O word here. It's, like, <laughs> it's a big I, I, I'm so surprised it took me this long to get there, where they, they've obviously had minimal income, minimal, pff, billions, but minimal income over the last 12 months because of lack of people in the stands, etc., etc. And so then to put the cap up to... Like or, or let's say to keep the cap where it was at around one nine eight, maybe drop down to one nine five, which is where I was the entire time. Was like this cap might drop, but it will only drop to like one nine five because I couldn't see the sense in dropping it anymore. If you do that, then suddenly you've got thirteen million dollars more of salary cap, but thirteen million dollars more of salary cap could be honestly like 30 to 35 million dollars of cash if not more i mean you've seen the way that they can structure deals and and things yeah. like that you know it's it's for example get used to the term void years you're yes. going to be hearing a lot of but, that in contracts signed 
but the thing about the void years is actually that doesn't save the owners that much money because the reason you put in void years is to spread the signing bonus over the over the void years in terms of um, proration. So you still have to you still have to shell out for that signing bonus. You just... But you do it at a time where your income, obviously you're aware of the world situation, but you do it at a time when your income is more stable and it's easier to do that. Well, no, because sign- signing bonus comes out at the start. So, so, okay. so the, the cash for signing bonus is paid. It's a signing bonus. It's paid at the start of the contract. Oh, it's only against it's the cap, the, yeah. It's just the cap is spread over it, and that's the whole cap versus cash thing. Well, pay less in, you're pay, still, you're paying less now over a longer period of time when in a couple years you're going to have a new TV deal and a 17th game revenue coming in, and uh, you're going to be making a lot more money than you're spending. Yes, I, I agree with that notion, but I, I still, like, I countered my own counterpoint with the owner thing, in that if GMs <laughs> are just going to put a bunch of um, void years in, then owners are going to be paying the same amount of signing bonus anyway. But it's going to be less, because the cap is less. No, that that's my point. Is it's I don't think it is because all all that you do, like for example, the Levante David contract, which if you'll give me a moment, that was also signed last night. Um, I believe Spottrack has the numbers. It's a two-year deal, as in like quote unquote his base salary is for two years, right? But he yes. has three extra years on top of that, so that they can spread out the signing bonus. The the. It's it's mad, like you, the site. You're still going to pay the signing bonus of probably what they would have got anyway. It's just they have to spread it over future years, and therefore you've actually put the team in a harder position to deal with next year. A lot of these teams that are going to be doing it and, and trying to be competitive this year, like this is so so short sighted for for like everyone as far as they're concerned. And the parallel I want to draw is um, with the NBA. They had a very similar thing um, where their salary cap got froze and then it jumped by like 30 million. Um, it wasn't a salary cap, it was the luxury tax, I believe. But yeah. it jumped by 30 million and the, gold, the, the Golden State Warriors were formed essentially as the historical entity that they are because of this. Because in that off-season, basically everyone went, well, let's just take one-year deals and then go wherever the hell we want to next year. And then they got Curry in the draft and then just went, cool, let's just build a super team. And like that has the possibility to happen here because all these guys... I will talk- say that does that does undermine slightly the quality of the Golden State Warriors scouting and drafting. Um, compared to other teams who have like the Nets and the Lakers who have abused the super team comparatively, like the Warriors were allowed to do it because of the luxury tax, but they're hardly the you know the worst users. But I get your point. No, but, but at, at that moment in time, they were like the only the only reason they were able to do that is because the cap flattened or the the luxury tax flattened, and then absolutely broke out in one year if it if it was a steady incline they wouldn't have been able to sign all of the players that they did in the in the basically the one off season and acquire all the players that they did but and that's that's what is in danger of happening this year you can have all of these guys take one year deals and then you're going to have all the guys from this year and plus the free agents from next year and just a bunch of cap and you they're in so much danger here plus all the rollover that i've been talking about for four weeks that teams like teams that suck this year are just going to roll over an insane like the jags are going to roll over so much goddamn cap to next year second year trevor lawrence with effectively one and a half free agencies with a hundred to 
125 million depending on how much the cap goes up because these tv deals are expected to be insane because they're pretty much the only thing that pull ratings and value like the jags sucking and the jets sucking they could easily spiral into contenders and dominators for the next six seven years purely from the fact that they have the money to do it yeah it's it's as i've said it's so short-sighted and the only thing that I can think of is that it's some ownership pressure, the, the likes of Mike Brown in Cincinnati, like who just does <laughs> not want to put his hand in his pocket because the income's been absolutely killed. Um, that, that are just sitting there going, nah, like we've got nothing. We can't, and, we can't and, afford this. Yeah. And, and, and as I've said, I think they're going to end up, well, perhaps not the Bengals because when the hell have they ever really paid money, but <laughs> you know, most of the owners are going to end up paying anyway. They're just going to pay it over void years, which are then going to avoid and put GMs in really difficult cap positions over the next couple of years. I, I could go round and round on this subject and this is like the biggest L I'm pretty much going to take for a long time. Maybe like a couple of weeks. <laughs> In terms of the salary cap, because I've been so bullish. On I've the fact got you on recording saying that you don't think Ben Roethlisberger is as good as he once was, which is hardly <laughs> a hot take, but for you, that's a staunch point of defence that you've had. Um, yeah, but I, I am just so surprised. Even, even like when when the reports were coming out last night and and a few days ago that it won't be over like one eight five. I was I was still. Like in my head, I was still like, "Nah, like this, this is I don't know who's floating this, but this has got to be some kind of mind game. This has got to be some kind of like tactical thing that they're putting out there to try and get some of these guys that are going to get tagged to sign lesser deals, or like it's got to be something because there's no way that they drop it like sixteen million dollars. And lo and behold, like, <laughs> which that's going to sound great on a microphone. Yeah, I've got it's... no doubt. <laughs> but it, it is crazy that they went through the tag. When they went through the the tag period without having a cap number that was public information, or maybe they knew and had an inkling, but it's still pretty crazy. We we said yesterday that um on on the pod that it's almost certain that the owners knew or or that information had been filtered out. Whether they just gave a list of positions and prices, so they didn't actually give the number out, and then some of the GMs did like the reverse reverse maths and went well if an if an offensive tackle is x percentage of the cap and they're telling me it's 14 million dollars to tag him well if i times that by the percentage that he is then that's what the cap is going to be at and i think that's probably why we got the rumors last night because i think they were what was what probably happened were GMs were told a quarterback costs this the franchise tag a uh, wide receiver cost this, the franchise tag, etc., etc., etc. They did the reverse maths, that got out, and then that's that's how we got that rumored number, which I believe was like insanely close to the actual yeah um, the actual number that they they. Uh, they the owned. fun thing to look forward to now, um, if you want some fun stories before the tampering period, is just look at every move the Saints are about to make because they <laughs> felt comfortable enough to tag Marcus Williams, the safety, and that's going to cost them ten point six million this year. I mean, unless that's a tag and trade, just watch Mickey Loomis because that man is going to do some absolute magic, it seems. And he seems in a very happy and comfortable place with this whole situation. So I think think just on that note, and and this will be my my final thing before we call it, um, is that either he knows that there's a market there for someone to trade him or 
they already have it all worked out as to how they're going to fit him in because doing one without the like tagging him without either of those scenarios would be obscenely dangerous um or, or the other is that they were just completely blindsided by this cap number which seems highly highly unlikely um because he was a very late tag as well so yeah. he must he must have been sure but then the, the other side of it is you have to get better well you don't have to get better but if he was released he would al- almost certainly get them enough to get like a third or fourth round comp pick in 2022 so if it is a tag and trade you kind of have to get better than a third or fifth third or fourth round pick this year to kind of make up for that um now okay picks that are in the immediate draft are obviously a lot more valuable than picks in a future draft but it's still you you've got to make sure that if you do trade him you get enough or you're in a bit of a foolish position because the money that you would have got and I can't see Saints being big spenders in the free agency market to kind of <laughs> offset it, you would have almost certainly got, as I say, a third or a fourth rounder in terms of a comp pick back for him. It's mad. It's only going to get more mad. Uh, previously, I, I've realised that uh, we won't mention it on episode 27, but we will be doing a tampering period live podcast slash live stream. That'll be on uh, Monday the 15th, I believe. Yes. Um and so look out for that. We'll make sure it's tweeted out and, and things like that. But uh, just thought that's something to keep an eye on as something crashes in the kitchen. So we better call a day while I go and find <laughs> out what the hell my seven-month-old is up to. Lovely stuff. Well, with that, yep, we'll, we'll, we'll see you in episode 27. Uh, and take care. See you soon. Love you.